people. Really great to see you again. We're just waiting for the last few people to come into the room. We've hit one o'clock, so we're going to give it 30 seconds. Just while we're starting to do this, let's make sure we're setting ourselves up for success. I'm just making sure I can see everyone as they're arriving. First things first, making sure you've got a drink, herbal tea, water, whatever it is, so you're, you, you can maximize the attention you're giving to this session. Second things, as always, mobile phones. This is a reminder for me as as much for you, making sure that they're on flight mode. So you give, you're giving yourself 100% attention to get the best out of this session. What else do we need to be thinking about? Clean sheet of paper, notebooks at the ready, pen lid off, ready to go on that paper, and nice fresh sheet with keepers written at the top to get those things down you want to remember. Because keepers are the things, the, the memory tests, um, the items of memory that you want to bring yourself back to when you read the notes, and it brings up those new thoughts, those new ideas from what you're learning today. Here we go. Welcome to today's Sticky Learning Lunchtime. Myself, Nathan Simmons, Senior Coach and Trainer for MBM, Making Business Matter, the home of Sticky Learning, and also the delectable Jeff Birch. This is Team GB in its finest right now. Today, we're covering part four of the cunning four-part sales strategy and plan, and this is about making it better. It's the wrap-up day. It's about taking the stuff that we learned from Jeff on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, bringing it all together, and from what I've talked about, making those 1% improvements, making those one degree shifts so you can deliver even better in the next conversation based on what you learn from this conversation. Over to you, Jeff. The stage is yours, my good man. Oh, hello. Yes, <laughs> I drifted off then. I was in another place entirely. I was, I was drifting. Anyway, let's just have a little reviewette. Um, I, it's the, the cunning four-stage plan that we've not stuck to one iota for the entire week. That um, was your fault. Yeah, it was entirely my fault. I, I, I do tend to drift. I do tend to drift. Now, did, did I achieve my objective? That was the first thing. And that, that is because most people don't have any idea why they're going to see people. I mean, again, I've seen people do telephone canvassing, and which is terrifying. I hate it absolutely terrifying but if you are going to do it why are you doing it what is it you're trying to get are you actually trying to achieve a sale over the phone which i would say is virtually impossible or are you trying to set up appointments what 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 is it what is it your objective and and if, again in, in my book resistance is useless the the, the key to the whole book with this idea that of me meeting people like like the, the lovely attendees that we've got today. And, and, and again, a lot of people have got small businesses, you know, and, and, and I, I would go round the room. I would go round the room and say, what are you planning to do? Oh, I'm going to be a consultant. And I think, no, doomed. What are you going to do? Oh, consultant, doomed. You know, what are you going to do? I am going to open a tea shop in the Cotswolds. And I go, ah, oh, let me see. Oh. The voices, I can read your mind. You're going to call it the Mad Hatter. Oh, my God. How did you know? And I think, yeah, because I had a good idea. Doomed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to this one person with a really, really great idea. Yeah, there's this, there was this woman. And she was a cake, cake sculptor. 
I, I, they weren't just cat. They were fantastic. She could build a footballer with a football at his feet. That fantastic, fantastic. And I thought, well, I said success, hundred percent guaranteed success. And then about three months later, I saw her working in Sainsbury's at the checkout, and I said, well, what, what happened? Oh, nobody bought them. Nobody bought bought all those molds and stuff like you told me, and I. Spent loads of money and nobody bought them. And I, I just don't understand. Do not understand that. Just don't understand it. And then I realized what she was telling me was that nobody had climbed over the abandoned car in her front garden, had fought off her son's Rottweiler <laughs> to get into her kitchen and say, here, you don't make cakes, do you? I mean, that the fact was that she hadn't got a clear idea of what her proposition was and who she would be making it to. And she had this fabulous product. And from that, I found that loads and loads of people in sales are demoralized because they can't sell whatever it is they're flogging. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the people listening to us today are saying, well, life would just be so much easier if people would just pay me to do what I'm brilliant at. I am quite certain the people listening to this are brilliant at what they do, but how do you get people to buy it? And I had this big argument with a telesales girl who said, the trouble is people don't want insurance, they don't want double glazing, they don't want any of the things I sell. And I said, all right, let's find the thing they do want. Let's find a product that people really want. And I chose to to actually pick a tank, a battle tank, a huge, great big tank with a massive gun on the front. People love them. Who would we sell it to? A list of prospects would be what? Painters and debt. Nah, nah, nah. Bloodthirsty dictators, you know, General Galtieri, Mussolini. And we ended up with, with Genghis Khan, right? So Genghis, I mean, I'm at, he's a 13th century warlord. What he wouldn't do with a tank? And People listening to this now have got the, the equivalent of that. Their product will solve their customers' problems. Their product will make their technology. Everybody listening to this today, whatever it is they're selling, is going to bring huge benefit to their customers. So we are, I did this imaginary phone call to Genghis. You know, you have to call him on the mobile because he's back in the 13th century. And he's sitting, he's sitting in his tent, watching the rain dripping on his discarded shield. He's depressed because he's just had a kicking off the Visigoths. And you ring him, Khan, what do you want? Now, what do you say? Go on then, Nathan, what do you say to him? Um, hello, Mr. Khan. Mic- <laughs> hello, what do you want? <laughs> Um, I've got a proposition for you. I've got an item that might help you take over more of the country. Kind of right, you say. Kind of <laughs> right, because it doesn't... The number of times in, in a seminar I've said to people, and they go, do you want a tank? And they like, well, first of all, he's never heard of a tank. But here's the key to it. Before we spend our entire 20 minutes trying to sell this tank to Genghis Khan, that's another whole seminar. The important thing I say to my audience, what am I selling? What am I selling, Nathan? Uh, I want to say a tank, but I know it's the wrong answer. 
And also, I use I go into this big diatribe, rivers of blood, Mac, Mr. Khan. We're talking rivers of blood, bloody slaughter on a scale even you couldn't imagine, you know. <laughs> but you know, and, and we go out, we sell him what it can do, we sell what the tank it, we sell the benefits of the tank, the fact that it give him world domination, that's what he wants, right? So then I say, Beyonce, what am I selling him? And they go, oh, you're selling him world domination, bloody slaughter, mountains of skulls, rivers of blood. And I go, no. And they go, well, you just told us that, Jeff. And I said, no, you cannot sell a complicated piece of technology on the telephone. My single objective for this call is to get an appointment face to face with Genghis. So Mr. Khan, yeah, Mr. Khan, I want to. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me the details. I got. A, I'm busy. I've got a war to fight. I understand that, Mr. Khan. But you just see this. Just give me two minutes. You will be. No, no, no. You're not another bloody spear salesman, are you? No. Really? You'd love it. Now, send me the details. Now, honestly, you've got to no, send me the details. OK, Mr. Khan, where are you? I'm in outer Mongolia. Outer Mong. Bloody hell, that's on my way home. Look, I've got a trans. I've got a tank on a transporter. I can whiz by on my way home and you can have a look. That's what I want. That's my sale today. That's my how to eat an elephant one bite at a time my sale today is not to sell a tank to mr khan we often make this mistake of going into our wholesale giving our brochures doing whatever it is the first step is to get somewhere quiet get a nice get mr khan nice and comfortable and then part two three and four is we then flog him the tank but not until he's actually seen what it can do Absolutely. But I'm, you know, I'm well, in sales, they say now you need almost eight points of contact to build the relationship before you can close a deal. And it's going to get bigger with the, the way the Internet's working. I'm just checking the clock, though, Jeff, because I'm concerned because I want to make sure that we get to share the story about your mum growing marijuana before we get to the end of the session. <laughs> All right. Well, but, right. So anyway, that was the first. Our first thing is objective. So let's be clear what we want to do. And that might be as simple as just get to see the person then. We, 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 you know, then we ask ourselves, what information are we gaining from our client that's moving this forward? So we talked about questions. Then what, even when we've done it, what information can we get to the client that's going to lead us to future jobs elsewhere? You know, they, they're in the same business. Can they introduce us to other people? What information is going in the market? How are our competitors doing? All of that kind of thing. So we can get in there like a rat up a pipe, I think the expression is. <laughs> and then finally, we get to part four, which is if we did it again, we'd be able to do it better. In other words, we have a review. And it doesn't matter how successful we've been. We still could do that little bit better. Um, Appraisals, it's, we appraise, if we're single people, uh, we're self-employed, we would appraise ourselves. But if we have people with us, we have, I hate appraisals. Anybody out there who is in a big company and has appraisals, I hate them. Why, Nathan, why do people have appraisals? Because 
at the end of the year, it's more to do with whether or not they've shown their worth and are we going to give them a pay rise based on what we think, they, you know, someone else thinks of them. There's two problems for that. One is, imagine we, we, have, we have our life partner, our beloved, the love of our life. And uh, my, my, my beloved says to me, we've been married a long time. And it's our anniversary. And because I love you so much, I'm going to cook for you the meal of your dreams. This is a fantasy, actually, because my wife's cooking so bad she won't lick her own fingers. But we, um, she, I said, oh, I'd love roast duck, um, little, little green peas, orange sauce, and little roasty potatoes. You know, that's what I'd love. Duck, roast, lovely. So when you get home, my beloved, this will be waiting for you. So I come and this this plate of food is put in front of me, this duckling thing. And she says, well, there we are, my sweet, my love, my darling. And I go, shh, 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 shh. And I pull out a clipboard and I go, OK. Peas, not met. Yeah. Orange sauce, adequate. You know, if I'm not wearing that meal 10 seconds later, I'd be amazed. So first of all, they can be very demoralizing. Secondly, I don't know if any of you listening to me today have got the lane departure thing on their cars. Do you know the thing I mean? You'd have this oh, thing that if you if you wander out of the fast lane, it gives you a little nudge back in again. Right. Imagine it was it was designed by an HR manager. So it doesn't do anything. And you, you barely miss a lorry or you don't miss the lorry, in which case there's no discussion after that. And then when you get back to the, your home, it says, well, let's talk about this journey. How did you feel you did with missing that lorry? <laughs> it's like beating up the dog that poos on the carpet a week later. You know, your reviews, first of all, should be like a coach who, you know, coaches will pull you up, but they pull you up in a way that's encouraging. You know, it, it has to be praise with praise, with discussion on agreed paths to improvement, but it has to be done at the time. You can't do it after, because what's the point? So we need, we need to just beat ourselves up a bit ourselves, just so we can judge how we did. And one of the things we don't do is sell enough. We miss the opportunity to sell more. And again, I, 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 I do these presentations and I, I would rather be casual if possible. But because I'm an old biker, casual to me usually means that hotels don't actually let me in through the door. So where I, I wear, I, I'm because I have corporate clients, I wear a suit and tie. And in a video, somebody described Jeff Birch as the archetypal salesman, a stocky guy in a tight-fitting suit. I actually got really insulted about that because people hate that. They don't want to. They they run businesses. They listen to these presentations of us. They don't want to become salespeople. They feel uncomfortable about selling more. There's two things I want to say about that. The first of it is you're letting the customer down. 
Uh, I mean, in the old days, when there were shoe shops, every high street had about 27 shoe shops. The shoe companies made terrific money. Their majority of their profit didn't come from selling the shoes. It came from flogging the polish. So they, they would always flog you the polish. And they, in fact, they took to hiding a tin of polish in the shoe box. And you had to be on your guard for that. They say, oh, are they used to shoes you wanted, madam. You go, yeah, you can take the bloody polish out, though. Oh, bucker. Yeah. And, and, and everybody learned that the add-on sale was intrusive and unwanted. All the electrical shops tried to flog you dodgy guarantees. Would you like protection for 27 years on your toe clippers or whatever it is? A mere 27 quid a month. You know, and and everybody got put off by that. But it, it's I, I I absolutely I'm not I'm I'm a professional I'm a superstar so I don't do add-on selling either. And then I was in a curry restaurant, a local curry restaurant to us, and the owner was there. And he he was watching somebody really enjoying one of his curries, and he said, "Are you enjoying that?" And he asked, "God, it's fantastic." They said, do you know what would make it nicer? Nothing. This is the most delicious curry I've ever eaten. No, seriously, do you know what would really make it nicer? And he said, well, well, what? He said, a glass of Cobra Lager. That hot curry and the Cobra, it, you'll be in heaven. Oh, go on, get. And he drank this glass of lager. Oh, God, that's fantastic. Oh, that's beautiful. Would you like another? Yeah, yeah. And I watched him. I thought, God, he's now flogging a lot of lager. But then I thought, no, I tell you what he's doing. He knows his curry better than his customer. And he's anticipating the customer's needs. That's what he's doing. Anticipating need. He's not flogging the polish. He's anticipating need. You go into a garden center. And. You see people buying grow bags and tomato plants. Where's the cane? Where's the tomato food? If if you're at the till and the till operator just notices, oh, do you want some cane? I see you've got some tomato plants. Do you want the canes with them? And, a you know, there's ba we've got some bottles of baby bio. Makes the tomatoes the size of footballs. Yeah, that is actually going to make the customer happier. You know, if you go into that curry restaurant, and have the vindaloo surprise the, the the owner of the restaurant tells you gently that he's popped some toilet rolls in the fridge for you for later you know he's he's anticipating he's anticipating your need you know you'll have a bottom like the japanese flag but you understand that he he actually knows his curries better than you do okay <laughs> but but, but the point is that people are uncomfortable with this. And as we talked yesterday, I mentioned these weird kids that worked in the garden centers, the shrub boys, the ones with the bumping knuckles. But they were the customer facing people. They were the key. That's the other thing with this thing. We've talked about this week time and time again, um, you know, about people who are everybody's in sales. It's about moving people. It's this. But I've also realized that sales people with the big badge on their head saying sales frightens people off. If you if you really want your business to do well, you want your service engineers. I, I 
the most expensive washing machine I've ever bought in my life, I bought from a service engineer. Ah, who told me that the company he worked for made crap washing machines? I said, what's, what's wrong with my washing machine? They're crap. I said, um, well, what have you got? And he said, I've got a melee. He didn't work for melee. He said, they're fantastic. I had to sell one of my kids in a kidney, but I've, it, I've never looked back. Best washing machine I've ever had. And our, we bought the melee, and like 20 years later, it finally expired. The engineer came to test it, put the thing in. He said, do you know this washing machine's done 50,000 hours? I said, my God. I said, can you fix it? He said, I can. He said, I've got a brand new one on the van. He said, why don't you just pop that in? He said, you'll find the new one's even better than the old one. You know, that's not a salesman. That's not a salesman. That's the point. And because I trust him because he's an engineer, I, I take it on the chin. You know, bought done 800 quid with a washing machine off a service engineer. That, think about that, because whoever's doing that, make sure their engineers are in a position to sign the customers up for a new deal. He doesn't yep. say, well, I'll send a salesman around to talk to you. He does it there and then. So non-sales people, anyway, the shrub boys, the kids that carried your bags out to the car, the kids that gave you the wheelbarrow to go around and get your bed implants, they were the people that had customer contact. And if we could only teach them some simple selling skills, we'd be in. So ask questions, anticipate need, hierarchies of need. And I realize there's just a little silver thread of drool hanging off their chins you know they've been mutual grooming and and i think oh my god you know so we, we tried the anticipated need first what do you lads sell trees trees they're bouncing around trees i said anyone who buys a tree anticipate their need they're going to need that wooden stake that supports the tree don't they yeah Sell steak, sell steak, sell steak, sell steak. This is where we'd overdone things. That's where we'd overdone things. Because if you go to this garden centre, the minute you touch, touch a tree, out jumps this thing with a sharp wooden stick. Buy steak, buy steak, buy steak. Ah! We, we thought there's queues of people, all with stakes and no trees. The sales of tr stakes exceeded the sales of trees in the end. But to make them feel relaxed, we uh, we said they didn't want to be pushy. We couldn't explain about asking questions and paths to the sale. So I did this very simple thing, and we can all do it. Imagine it was your mum. Imagine that new customer is your mum. What would you say to her? Uh, hello, mum. Hello, Barry. Then what would you say? Uh, what are you doing here? There, good, good question. What are you doing? We don't conduct sales like that. The customer says, I want a gear lever. We never say why or that's strange. Why on earth do you want one on that? We never ever question. We just give me a, give me a price for a new roof. Oh, well, now, if you want it in tiles, it'll be 743 quid. Do you think, why does this guy want a roof? What, why? And can we offer a different solution than a new roof? You might not need a new roof. 
You might need, you know, whatever. Never take the customer's word. You know, what are you doing here? That is a great line. Obviously, we could make it more polite. How can we help you today? What is it we can help you with? You know, whatever it is. But well, what are you doing here? That's good. Oh, oh hello, Barry. Yes, you're, I, I want, I want grow bags. Yeah, all right, mum, we sell grow bags. Yes, how many do you want? That's a good line. How many do you want? We never ask our customers normally. I want some grow bags. They're over there. But because it's his mum, how many do you want? 463. Then the next question. Bloody hell, mum. What do you want 463 grow bags for? Because your father and I have decided to start growing marijuana in the loft. Well, if you want to grow marijuana, mum, you don't want just grow bags. You want them special cane holders. You want high canes because you know how high it grows. Not that I would know, but you know how high it grows. And to really bring it on, you want the lights. You want really strong ultraviolet light and you need the hydroponic for hang on hang on a minute your mum came in to spend about 500 quid on grow bags you've got her to about six grand already with the light well well it's this no she isn't gonna get any good crop without the lights and the hydroponics well are you forcing your mum to do something she doesn't want to do well, she don't want to spend the money, but there's no point in just buying grow bags. You'll get nothing other, you know. So if you wouldn't treat your mum like that, you know, the customer, if you imagine the customers like your mum and they're not buying the right thing or they're not buying enough or they're not buying the correct accessories, like the storeman that plonks a cylinder head on the counter and somebody buys it and then he turns to his mate and goes i'm surprised he didn't buy the gasket set he's going to be in trouble when he tries to fit that you think you pillock exactly but for me especially in the retail environment it's it's this one-upmanship it's like well he's going to get home and he's going to be really miserable with well actually you've missed out the sale you've made the person really unhappy they now think you're an idiot they're not coming back to your shop to buy any other product because you just think you're getting one up on them secretly from behind your counter yeah and also to anybody watching this uh having the misfortune to hear my tirade anybody watching this maybe they're a painter and decorator maybe they do office cleaning maybe they do computer servicing whatever it is they're delighted when somebody says can you come and give me a price to paint my sitting room that happens Maybe 50,000 people in your area have decided they need their house decorating. And you get this one phone call. So that's one in 50,000. It's your lucky day. And then you convince them that you're hardworking, that you've shown them all of the testimonials from other customers and so on. So it's all a lot. You're putting a bit of effort in there. And the customer agrees to your price on the sitting room. Now, you'd give your eye teeth for another job like that. And you'd come and ask me about marketing and mailers and online presence. What you didn't bloody well do was ask if you could paint the dining room while you were there. It's just doubled your work. <laughs> you know, we always just do the work we're given or the job we're asked to do. And we fail. We fail to ask, you know, well, 
oh, not ask, but now we've got the trust of the customer. We suggest in a pleasant way that whilst you're here and all the thing, you did notice that the front door could do with a lick of paint and you'd do a lovely job of that as well. Because once somebody's over that hurdle of agreeing they want to do business with you, selling them the rest is just a doddle. It's a walk in the park. As long as we're anticipating it because we don't want to let the customer down. And if we do miss it on that first time round, that actually we make we do that continuous self-improvement and think, do you know what? How can I make this better next time to improve the relationship and the sale that comes after? See, I am very reluctant to be pushy. You know, I'm very reluctant to be pushy. But there is a but. If here's a here's a typical scenario: nervous salesperson new to the job goes to see a customer and shows him the product. This, 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 and this. And the customer goes, "Yeah, yeah, 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 quite like that. Yeah, well, I can show it to my team. <clears throat> I think they'll be impressed as well. I think you can expect an order." Oh, thank you for that. No. Very nice, very pleasant to have seen you. Gets back to his sales manager. Hello, how'd you get on, John? Oh, they were very, very nice. They they enjoyed the new product. Uh, I spoke to the actual buyer himself, and he's going to introduce the team to our new beans or whatever it is. Oh, good, good. All right, well, nice one, son. Nice one. Good start, lad. Give us a ring. Give us a ring when you hear anything. Yeah, all right. So two weeks later, did you hear from those people you left the bean sample with? No, I haven't heard yet. Well, do us a favor, son. Give them a ring. Give them a ring. Um, well, the guy said that he'd rather be left until he... No, 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 no. You don't want to leave a customer, son. Don't leave us out. Give me a ring. Give me a ring. Um, hello. Hello, Mr. Jenkins. How are you? Do you remember I left those bits? Yes, I did tell you I'd ring you back. Yeah, I, I did know, but my boss has been... Yeah, yeah, I told you I'd ring you back. No, piss off. Yeah. The thing is, now we're starting to annoy the customer. If I, at the first instance, say the guy, ring me back. Well, I'll tell you what, have you got your diary here? At that first ever meeting, have you got your diary here? Yeah. Can I just set a date for a follow-up call then? Well, I, I didn't really. No, I do need to do this because I'm very bit. I, he might feel he's under a little pressure on that first meeting. I might feel uncomfortable putting it on but not half as uncomfortable as I'm going to feel to try and chase him for week after week until he finally tells me to sod off because I'm being a nuisance. You know, how many times have we expressed an interest in some crappy product and then the salesman's like a rat up a pipe, as I said, and just keep ringing and ringing and ringing and can be more and more annoying. Why has that happened? Because he cocked up the first meeting and didn't set an agenda for follow-ups, meetings, further my my team will um i'll show this to my team actually we have got a demonstration team ourselves if you've got your diary if you can get your people together i'll get our cooks up there and we'll do you a little bean sample feast and then you can we, we, we're very happy to organize that should i set it up for next week or would the week after be better for you that's the that's the uh that's the alternative close as you know <laughs> yeah, but, but this is like, you know, if you think of a, a boxer as an analogy, a boxer doesn't walk in the ring and throw one punch and then get out and expect to have done. No, he, he throws one punch and he's got several dozen sitting behind it ready to go at the same time because it's going to take, you know, several touches to get to where you need to be. Super important. Jeff, it's half past one. We've already done that. So look, 
I'm amazed that we got all the points in that we talked about earlier. Um, and I think we've ticked all the boxes. And we yeah, we've done. The boxes. We have. So look. Oh, by the way, before you, there it is. Way of the dog. Found it. There you are. We talked about that yesterday. Way of the dog. All about sales. All <laughs> about sales. So what we've a, come this week. A fairy story about sales. A fairy story about but what we've covered this week, we've talked about having an objective, making sure as a sales manager, a leader, or even as the salesperson, that there is a clear objective. What info? So finding out, you know, through questions, what is it you need to be achieving? Where are you going? Getting more information from the people. What's happening in their world? So once you've got info about um, the individual and what they're doing, actually what's happening in their world how can you spread out from that how can you get more information how can you get referrals more contacts and then finally can you make it better can you review what's going on make your one percent improvement and keep moving forward to get to the next objective in that conversation oh, what a week, my, only, my only comment is we could make it hundred percent better always <laughs> always i mean they said that that my my mum, who was the I learned all my business skills from. She she would always just put that little bit extra on. Um, I don't think we've done. I don't think I mentioned my mum's tomatoes, have I? Um, no. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, my mum would buy businesses, build them up, and then flog them. And quite often they were grocery businesses. And somebody come in, ask for tomatoes. She put the bag on the scales. How many do you want, love? Because she was a cockney. How many do you want, love? Oh, half a pound, Mrs. Birch. And she'd get a handful of tomatoes like this and she'd put them in, plop, 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 plop. But she always had another tomato just held in her little finger here, just one more. And they'd go, oh, that's it. Yeah, one and six. And she'd show them her hand and they'd see that tomato. Oh, yeah, all right. She'd drop that in. And I'd say, why'd you do that, mum? She said, that's our holiday, that. I said, How'd you work that? She said, I'd do five grand's worth of tomatoes a year. She said, that's 10%. That's 500 quid for no extra work, no extra effort, no extra nothing. That's 500 quid a bunch straight in there just for that. When she did the when she did the bacon slicer, she would wind the handle. One slice, two slices, three slices. That's about it, love. Yeah, one more turn every time. That's that. Every time that little bit extra. If you can, without any effort at all, here's a, here's a figure to boggle your mind if you don't invest any extra money buy any extra stock do extra any anything other than just listen to us to loonies advice you can increase sales by five percent that increases profit by a hundred percent in most companies a five percent cost-free increase in sales increases profit by 100%. So anybody who's had the misfortune to watch us might be twice as rich this time next year. And the thing is, I can guarantee in any business, whatever it is you're doing, there is an element of that that you can add, which has no extra cost, very little effort, and makes a massive difference to what you're doing, whether it's a job interview, a promotion, the service you're delivering, whatever it is, you can do that if you look for it. And I'm the loony, he's the handsome one, this has been Team GB for our lunchtime learnings this week. But actually, before we go, look, I know we're over time. What questions have you got? If you've got any, let's share them now. We've got a couple of minutes. We can do this now if you're still with us. Any questions that you've got for Jeff or me right now from the content of this week um, or uh, from today, 
If not, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that also. I've had a lot of fun doing this. I know Jeff has. Um, telling myself how to grow marijuana. To be honest, there's a decent upsell on there to make sure you're doing it with solar panels because I'm in the belief that most people get caught on the electricity bill. So if you're not looking for the upsell on that one, um, you could be selling them some nice Tesla batteries. My, my, my son is a criminal barrister and he had one client who was involved in that. And they act out, I have a cooling fan on the electricity meter because they were nicking so much electricity, it's overheated. <laughs> the little disc was spinning around so fast it took off like a helicopter. Yeah, I think they got about 16 years each, so I don't recommend it as a career, to be honest. <laughs> Look, I think that's it. We haven't got any questions coming in. I'm, I've had a lot of, Jeff, huge thank you for this week. Really appreciate your time. Where can people find you if they want to come and find out when you're speaking, when you get back to speaking? Oh, right. Well, I think speaking is going to be very different. We're, I think we're going to have to have some nice socially distanced, cosy little events. So that's going to be really nice. So nice little small audiences and a bag of chips and me talking rubbish. That's going to happen. Um, Jeffbirch.com if you want to find me. And I'm love, love to chat with anybody. So, I mean, anybody goes to Jeffbirch.com. Just remember it is B-U-R-C-H, though, because there's, there's all sorts of birches, but not a B-U-R-C-H. Jeff with a G. Come to jeffbirch.com, see some more videos, see me on YouTube, get in touch, say hello. LinkedIn, I love to hear from people at LinkedIn. That's my favorite social media. I'm a LinkedIn fan. So so you link in with me. Uh, that's that's all you need to do, really. I'm very jolly. Amazing. We've got, yeah, Tamlin. Tamlin's been with us most of the, all the week, I think. And she says, thank you so much, guys. Thank you, everyone. Everybody, have a lovely, for those in the UK, have a lovely long weekend. We've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday to play with. Anyone else that you haven't seen the previous sessions, they're on YouTube, they're on the GoTo uh, website for us as well. Plug into them, see what you like. And also, almost forgot, next week we are covering uh, mental health. We're talking about our mind model for coaching and supporting leaders to have stronger mental health conversations with their people so if you're not already registered for next week now is the time in the chat box um and that's just popped up to me so we just need to make sure we get that out to everybody um please make sure that you're registered for next week's session with myself talking through mental health and i look forward to seeing you then thanks so much everyone thank you very much <laughs>